T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. John goes back to throw again. Sets up. Fires out left side. Incomplete. Taken by Johnson. Goes off the fingertips of the intended receiver. Bounced into the hands of John Mackey and he goes in for the touchdown. There's Kelly shotgunning. A running play. Thurman Thomas breaks it at the 25. Still on his feet at the 20. Gets down to the 15. The 10, the 5, and scores. Bucket giving to Allen. Sending him wide left. He has to reverse his field. But he, and he gets away for a moment. Comes back up. 30, on WGR Sports Radio 550. Oh, Evan. Putting together some of the old Super Bowl clips of the past. Like I'm supposed to care about this football game today. Uh, you got the wrong host for that kind of vibe, my guy. This is this is Derek Kramer here with you on a special edition of Sports Talk Sunday here. Kyle Powell on my left-ish, holding a jar of something. You look fascinated. Marconi brand hot sport peppers, the authentic Chicago-style hot dog pepper. (laughs) But welcome to a special edition of Sports Talk Sunday. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, we're here with you. As we're covering today's superb owl, the big game coverage on WGR is presented by Empire Electric, your residential neighborhood electrician. Visit empireelectricians.com. Buy Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. And buy Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. You know what else doesn't come close? Probably the opportunity to go to Las Vegas as the Bills fan of the year. And we go right to the West Her hotline. We talk with the Bills fan of the year, who was at the NFL Awards. He's in Las Vegas. He's at the Super Bowl for this uh, for this game. I wish you had a better matchup here, Del Reed, but um, I'm still happy to be able to talk to you from Las Vegas. That was a killer transition right there, just bringing me right on into that. Nothing comes close. <laughs> hey, man, I, I got to tell you, I'm getting better at this. Yeah, you're doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us, Dell. I mean, I, I feel like it's, for one thing, it has to be an experience of a lifetime. But for on the other side of it, you also almost started it off in the worst way possible. Yeah, we're going to jump right into that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, getting, uh, getting to the airport, uh, I'm a super... super uh, I'm really good at remembering everything I have to keep track of. So um, 
ended up forgetting my CPAP on the, on the shuttle bus going into uh, the airport. And luckily, they doubled back around and they brought it to me. But that would have been an awesome way to kick off this trip. Hey, man, sometimes it's just the, the chaos of it all um, sometimes breeds more chaos. So, Dell, obviously, you get everything. You, you, you run back over to the shuttle bus. You get everything that you need. And you're off to Las Vegas for for something spectacular when it comes to being the Bills fan of the year, going down to the NFL awards, seeing all the other representatives from the other teams, unfortunately losing. But um, at the same time, I, I know that you're taking it more than in stride from the weekend that you had. Oh, yeah. And listen, Tom Grassi, the Packers fan of the year who won NFL fan of the year, he's a great dude. I've actually had the opportunity to work with him in the past when he was nominated for, you know, uh, Packers fan of the year, I was like, oh, he's getting it. I knew it right away. <laughs> <laughs> he's very worthy. Great guy. I told him uh, the other day that um, since we actually helped 26 Shirts, did the shirts for his 30 and 30 um, trip he did in, in June to raise money for St. Jude, since we did all the shirts, I said, dude, I'm claiming 1% of that fan of the year. He said I was allowed to. So <laughs> um, he gets 99, I get one. So that's fine. It's good enough for me. Hey, I'll take that for you as well. I mean, uh, when you were given the uh, the nomination, the video with you and Stevie Johnson, that was already as heartwarming as it gets. But, uh, Del, tell us just what your weekend's been like uh, out there for the festivities. Whirlwind. <laughs> that's the only word I can use. I mean, we... <laughs> Hopped on the plane Thursday morning to, to come to Vegas, and we were here for a couple hours, and then suddenly we were being whisked away to the NFL Honors, which was probably thus far, uh, well, I'm, I'm probably going to watch Chiefs win another Super Bowl. So it's the highlight of the trip, <laughs> and uh, it was so much fun. I got to, to meet a bunch of uh, different people associated with the NFL, whether it's players or media or even other fans. It was, it was wild, and you know, just from there, it, it feels like it's just been one thing after another. Last night, we were at the uh, the Sports Illustrated party, and it was the whole the whole trip has been a once in a lifetime thing, and this odd balance between coolest thing ever and saddest thing ever. Just <laughs> walking around and seeing giant posters of, you know, Patrick Mahomes and and Brock Purdy, but especially Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and just thinking, man, that should be Josh Allen up there. So, you know, my hope is that next year's Bills fan of the year gets to watch uh, the Bills in New Orleans win a Super Bowl. So you were actually at the awards in, in attendance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. How uh, how was great was the crazy. opening monologue for you? Oh, that's hilarious. That was great. I felt bad for the uh, – I told the Panthers fans that I felt bad. That was the only time they ever mentioned the Panthers <laughs> in the entire award oh. <laughs> <the> ceremony. <laughs> but, yeah, Keegan Michael Key was – Hilarious, great. It was it was entertaining because sometimes award shows can get really dull um, or like self congratulatory through the whole thing. We were entertained nonstop. It, it, it felt like it lasted about ten or fifteen minutes. It was it was so much fun. And sitting with all the other fans of the year, that's been a great experience as well too. Just getting to meet and interact with all these you know fans from other fan bases. Everybody has been cool. It's it's even the Dolphins fan, great guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great experience. Adele, of course, um, one of the biggest whirlwinds of this is like I, I, I'd seen photos of you taking pictures with plenty of people. Uh, I guess the question for me is going to be um, who was the wildest encounter for you? Like the one that was kind of like the biggest check off the list of like, all right, that one's probably that person's probably the coolest person that I got to meet over this weekend. 
Uh, Kyle Brandt, you know, by far. It, for I told my wife when we were leaving for um, the trip that the only people I was really excited to hopefully meet would be Kyle Brandt, Peyton Manning, and, of course, Adam Schefter, because I got to check that box with the whole Bills Mafia origin, you know, the role he played in that. But so far, um, you know, I'm betting 333. I got to meet Kyle Brandt. What a great guy. It was, it was so cool. And I've had the opportunity to have some interactions with him in the past, never in person. Um, <laughs> guy, is, he's really cool. He's a really nice guy. Uh, he, he does have a, a nice, uh, like a, a good shine to him anytime you see him on television. And uh, anyone that I've heard interacting with him is, uh, he's a good guy. So it's good to hear a little Absolutely. bit more backup on that one. Dell, I know you have that mission for uh, for meeting Adam Schefter and and making the story come full circle with Bill's Mafia. Um, are, are you willing to risk it all and and run up to him on the sidelines if ne- if necessary? <laughs> Well, I don't know about the sidelines per se, but if I'm in one section of a room or concourse or whatever, and I have to catch him out of the corner of my eye, I'm going to bolt and run over there, grab my picture, hopefully not get arrested for some kind of like tackling or something to make sure I get him. But uh, no, I'll keep it together. I won't get kicked out, I promise. Hey, man, it's Vegas. You know the stereotypical stories of people getting arrested in Vegas. It wouldn't be for making damn sure you get a picture with Adam Schefter, but uh, it's for plenty of other reasons. So you you wouldn't be the first. No, no, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but I feel like that would follow me. First of all, I would be championing that all day. So you know that. I, I am an agent of chaos, and any way that we can induce chaos into Adam Schefter's life, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but... um. I can throw a little chaos his way, I will. There you go. Del Reed, Bill's Mafia founder, here with us on the West Her Hotline. Del, did the winners of the awards go as you expected? Was there anything that kind of surprised you? Anybody that took home any hardware that you had a different vision in your head of how the night would go? Well, certainly um, MVP was not a surprise. I think we all knew Lamar was going to be leaving that night with the trophy, so it wasn't like, I know a lot of fans were upset about it. It's hard to get upset about something you fully expect. Um, the DeMar Hamlin uh, nomination for Comeback Player of the Year, I was certain that that was going to end an award for him. I mean, I honestly thought that if you die on the field and you just even step foot on the field that next year, you're a shoo-in. Um, I guess good for Joe Flacco. I mean, couches are hard to struggle with, too. He was on the couch, so I guess that works. Too. But um really thought DeMar was going to bring that home, but... At the end of the day, you know, I've said this a couple times, um, his award is life. And, you know, we had we all have felt had great perspective last January when all that went down in terms of how football fits into the grand scheme of things. And um, I'm sure if you talked to DeMar, he'd, have the, he'd tell you the same thing, that, you know, he's already living his award the rest of his life. So, you know, that, good for him. I mean, it's nice to have – hardware sometimes but all that does is collect dust and go into a closet eventually anyway so that's a nice perspective it, it is and it's something he's been public about as well uh dell mm-hmm. last thing here for you um obviously this game isn't of the most desirable uh matchup for a lot of fans i would say in the nfl let alone uh people around here but um all right there's this is a two-part question for you um any festivities going on pregame for you um, heading to this game? 
And secondly, what is your escape plan if the Chiefs start running away with it? <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to bring us all out onto the field before the game. Oh, heck hours yeah. Beforehand. So um, I think it'll be like, you know, five or six minutes we'll be out there and we'll get to, to wave and actually, you know, step onto the field. So that's going to be really cool, stepping onto a Super Bowl field. <laughs> that, that's going to be, a, am sure, surreal. And then my escape plan is probably – I mean, I'll watch the game till the end, I assume. I'll probably be curled up into a fetal position should Mahomes run away with it. But um, I did tell my wife after the uh, AFC championship, I said, maybe we just walk around the concourse for three hours. (laughs) I have no no interest in watching uh, Mahomes chase Tom Brady for all these accolades and and championships. But it'll be fun. It'll be, uh, I guess, watching history happen. Every Super Bowl is history. So watching some of that happen. But... um, yeah, it's just it, more of just wishing it was the good guys on the field, not the Chiefs. But it is what it is. Ever so gracious, Dell. I wish I had that uh, had that mannerism. <laughs> I don't know how gracious fetal position is, but we'll go with it. <laughs> it's better than my reaction, which will probably be a little more yelly, angrier based. <laughs> Whereas yeah, you're you're just reciting the meme of try not to cry, cry a lot. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, welcome to welcome to Bill's fandom. Here we are. So it's all good next year. <laughs> well enjoy, man. That sounds yeah. awesome. No, especially being on the field, that's gonna be cool for you. Um I can't wait for Bree to uh to find a way to make a meme of that. Yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> but it's gonna be awesome to be able to see you there and uh, all of us can pull the Leo and just point to the television screen. Fantastic. I'll wave back. Wave to me. I'll wave back to you. I got you, dog. <laughs> I will I will text you the video. Awesome. <laughs> Dell, enjoy the rest of your time there in Las Vegas. I'm glad you've been able to have um quite frankly an experience unlike any other uh for many fans in this world. Uh but I couldn't see it being a better person that was able to go and do that and represent Buffalo to do so. Those are very kind words. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I uh, also, you know, appreciate coming on and, and getting to chat with you for a few minutes. That's um, always a pleasure. It's clearly the highlight of your weekend here, Talk, talking with Today WGR, right? <laughs> Today at least, I guarantee it. <laughs> I, well, then I'm glad that I could do something here for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good look it out. Good look it out. Hey, that's what we do here. Dell, thank you for taking the time. Um, and I'm glad to be able to call you a friend all the way from uh, – when you walked into a uh, college radio station at Buff State. So, thank you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure, as always. Dell, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of it. Um, I hope you're not curling in the fetal position with a Chiefs victory. I hope it's the other way around. Amen to that, yeah. Here's to that. So, take care, boys. Go Bills. Go Bills. Dell Reed, Bills Mafia, the founder, the man who runs 26 shirts on the West Her Hotline, from Las Vegas. He had to get up early for that call, by the way. So yes, he he's up and at it, ready to go for us. And that's just the kind of guy he is. You already know the kind of guy he is. Everyone knows the kind of guy he is. But that's just another small indicator right there, jumping on here with us at what is 8 a.m. for him. So I'm I guess he in, likes you. I, I guess so. That's at least one. We got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. 
unfortunately for many of you that don't like me, um, yeah, I'm on your I'm on your radio. I'm inside your walls. Look out! I'm right behind you. Don't do that. <laughs> but anyway, we move on from Las Vegas. That was Del Reed. Loved being able to talk to him there. Loved seeing everything that he was posting on social media uh, with the entire trip. And yeah, unfortunately. You know, he didn't win the NFL fan of the year. Tom Grassi is a great content creator and a very charitable person. So, you know, I guess if he was to lose to someone, it would be him. And, but at the same time, I'm just happy that Dell was able to make the most of it and enjoy a trip, like I said, unlike any other, probably for a lot of fans. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. No, like I. The experience itself. Yeah. The experience itself, meeting all those people, uh, being able to now trot out onto the field of a Super Bowl stadium with all those people in attendance mm-hmm. the world will be watching and you get to be out there so i'm super stoked and happy for dell love it and uh, again the biggest thing though is that he's able to enjoy the time out there mm-hmm. all right. definitely speaking of things though that we always like to do um this was a tradition when the show happened we had mark schofield join us for every Super Bowl for a little while while we were doing this show. I can't remember the first time we did this show, and, and I do believe it was me and Nate Geary that started this whole thing, and um, with the at least the local pregame nonsense. Oh, so that was like 20 years ago. I'm going to beat you with like this garbage can or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't make promises you cannot keep. I've got two of them, actually. i got options. But anyway... Uh, throwing me off here today kp haven't had you here for a while so that's what this is you're just like i gotta get back at him now mm-hmm. that's what it is i see what i see mark schofield huh yep mark schofield joining us coming up next here as we've got some local pregame coverage of the super bowl for you today chiefs and niners yay go things go football day honestly find a way to hang out with some friends family and uh, and put a football game on in the background is probably the best way to look at it today, as a lot of Bills fans here. We got more. Mark Schofield on the other side. You're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to a special edition Sports Talk Sunday. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, we're here with you for the next couple of hours until 2 o'clock. Basically moved our full Sports Talk Saturday over to Sunday today as the Super Bowl takes place 
later on today, about 6.30ish, so really the kickoff would be like 6.52. Right? Yeah, you can always count on closer to 7 o'clock. I mean, hey, Del Reed's going to be part of it, so I'm not going to be... Uh, I'm not going to be mad at that. Mm-mm. And uh, we just had Del Reed, founder of Bill's Mafia, 26 shirts, on with us in the last segment. So if you just missed that, you could rewind on the Odyssey app, or you can uh, listen to it when we post it on WGR550.com. We go from one guest, though, right to the next. As this was a tradition that we started, I do believe it was 20, 2017 uh, or 2018, sorry, uh, when Mark Schofield joined us for every Super Bowl until I stopped being a part of weekends for a couple of years. But now we're back doing this show, and you better bet it's a tradition unlike any other, where we have Mark Schofield on to talk about the superb owl, the food the food that is going to be at parties, and of course anything and everything else around the league. Mark, it's Derek, it's Kyle. Welcome back to our usual tradition. Good afternoon. Good morning, friends. It is great to be back. It is great to have this tradition back. Like you said, a tradition unlike any other. I, I don't care what Jim Nance has to say about the Masters. This is the <laughs> this is the true tradition, the grand tradition in all of sports, and I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, and of course, I'm always happy to have you uh, joining us alongside. Mark, of course, this is the game where... I kind of want to cheer for like the power outage instead of either of these football teams. Can you help tell me a way to actually be able to enjoy this football game? You know, my honest answer is it's been a struggle for me too. (laughs) I mean, I will say that the warden of the conference championship games, I woke up, I was really excited because I thought we got a chance at some really good Super Bowl matchups. I was very excited for a potential Ravens lions game. I thought that would have been great. You know, Chiefs-Lions would have been nice because you started the year with that game and you can end it with that game. A Ravens-Niners rematch, I think, would have been fantastic, too. And this is the game, like, the fourth option that I was, like, the most unexcited about. And that's the one that we're going to get. Now, in terms of getting up for it, I think there's some cool schematic stuff that we're going to see, some some cool sort of X's and O's battles that are going to play out. I'm very, very interested in Steve Spagnuolo. He's done such a great job this season with this Chiefs defense. He's done such a great job throughout the playoffs with that Chiefs defense. And him matching wits with Kyle Shanahan, I think, is going to be fascinating to watch. I'm also curious, Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, did a very good job, particularly in the second half, of confusing Jared Goff and forcing him to hesitate, which is what you want to do going up against Jared Goff. But now you've got Patrick Mahomes to solve. And there's a sort of internal monologue I'm very curious about, and that's Kyle Shanahan versus himself. You know, what we've seen from this Chiefs team throughout their past couple of playoff wins, the game against Buffalo, the game against Baltimore, the specter of Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline sometimes gets you to go against what you've done best. Consider the AFC Championship game. Ravens have such a great run game, but their running backs get six carries because they're trying to throw the ball. They're trying to score. And what was basically a one-score game for the most part. Now you've got Kyle Shanahan, who's done some similar things in the past, look no further than Super Bowl 51, where – you know, he's offensive coordinator of the Falcons. They've got a chance to salt that game away, and they're still throwing it late and letting the Patriots come back into it. This is a Chiefs defense you can run on, but what does Kyle Shanahan do? Does he get away from the run or does he lead into it? And so there's some fun stuff that's going to play out later tonight. Like you said, though, I, this was the Super Bowl matchup that I was least excited about, but over these past couple of weeks, I've finally warmed up to it a bit. 
Mark, of course, the uh, the big thing here uh, as an irritant in Buffalo is that the Chiefs could win yet another one. And uh, it's going to be a tough thing to uh, for a lot of NFL fans to endure of the talk of then it turns into a different conversation of now Mahomes might be chasing Brady in terms of titles and everything else of the sort. But unfortunately, I do have to say this is the part where I have to tip my cap toward the uh, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been very impressive down the stretch here. And I think what's been fascinating about Mahomes, you know, if you look back to, say, four years ago when we saw San Francisco, Kansas City in that previous Super Bowl, you know, that season Mahomes averaged 8.6 intended air yards per throw, which was like 14th in the NFL. It wasn't the eye drop, you know, eye popping number that it was his first full year as a starter where it was like in the high nines. But still, it was an explosive downfield passing game. This year it's 6.6. He's ranked 40th in that metric, according to next-gen stats. It's a more sort of efficient, sometimes horizontal-based passing game. You know, the evolution of this Chiefs offense in many ways, and again, I say this as somebody that was born outside Boston and is a Patriots fan, it is reminiscent of what the Patriots went through at the end of Brady's run, where, you know, that team that beat the Rams in that second Super Bowl, it wasn't really an explosive downfield passing game. It was more ball control. There was a lot of 21 personnel with a fullback. There was a lot of the run game. That ability to evolve was impressive when it was the Patriots that did it. And I think it was impressive this year and over these past couple of years, really, when it was the Chiefs that did it. Another thing, you know, when these two teams met back in, you know, in 1920, the Chiefs never ran a single snap that year with 13 personnel, three tight ends on the field. Now they do it, you know, 10% of their snaps are in 13 personnel. So they've truly evolved, and Mahomes has evolved. And I think it is impressive to see. Now, certainly as fans of other AFC teams, it's not great, you know. You know, it's like Happy Gilmore learning to putt. But this is the NFL we're living through now, and if he does indeed get another ring later tonight, like it's just going to be one more notch on an incredible resume. Mark, I'm about to ask a question that's not fun for anyone here involved. But um... – I guess the longer this marriage with Reed and Mahomes goes on and the more success they have in different ways together as head coach and quarterback, I guess how much louder are those comps to Brady and Belichick getting? I mean, they're here now, and they're only going to accelerate, you know, in the overnight hour if they do, you know, in the the overnight hours if they do indeed win tonight. And, you know, this sort of Super Bowl media week began with rumblings about Reed and retirement and potentially riding it off into the sunset. And now we're hearing in the past couple of hours that what's far more likely is an extension for Reed. You know, Jonathan Jones at CBS came out with a story just in the past couple of hours that if anything, they're going to do an extension for him because he's somewhat underpaid by coaching standards. I think his salary is like 14th among active coaches. And if he wins tonight, he'll have three rings and the other 31 combined active coaches have six. So I think that, you know, we might see, an extension. And look, when you have the chance to coach the quarterback we just were talking about in Patrick Mahomes, that's a big reason to stick around. And so if they win tonight, you get an extension done, yeah, you're going to hear a lot about, okay, this is our next Brady Belichick. They'll have, they'll have three together, which is halfway to the six that Brady and Belichick won together. And Mahomes is sort of entering the prime of his career, and he's already shown an ability to evolve and adapt. And who knows if the league sort of 
everybody gets bigger and there, there's more run game focused offenses and things like that, they could do what they did again and sort of evolve back and be more explosive downfield. And so, yeah, if they win tonight, even if they lose today, but if they win, the Brady Belichick comps are just going to get louder and louder. Mark Schofield joining us here on the West Shore Hotline. Mark, uh, let's let's shift the focus a little bit here. Um, one of the more baffling things that happened this week was um, at the NFL Awards, the voting seemed to be a very um, a groupthink thing on uh, on the MVP. Uh, this was not the year for a unanimous MVP vote. Am I am I wrong to think that? No, I, I don't think you're wrong to think that at all. And I give Aaron Schatz a lot of credit, not only for his vote, but the way he's been out in front to sort of outline his reasoning for it. He made a well-crafted argument, I think, in the piece that he wrote, defended his Josh Allen MVP vote. And I think you're right. I think we didn't have sort of a consensus, okay, this is the MVP you know, type of player in mind until after the holidays, really. And it was really when the Ravens had that two-game stretch where they go into San Francisco and dismantle the 49ers at a game that people thought was a potential Super Bowl preview. And then they come back and they lock down the top seed with a win against Miami. It wasn't until then that there was even a consensus candidate emerging. And if you think about the way this, this season unfolded, there were moments in time when it was like, okay, well, maybe Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. I'm you know, old enough to remember there was a two-week scenario, two-week time frame where it was Dak Prescott. You know, there was even an argument at one point for Miles Garrett. I mean, there were a lot of potential candidates, Tyree Kill and others, Brock Purdy, before that loss to the Ravens. And so I think you're right. This wasn't the year sort of for a unanimous MVP. I do think that Lamar was a, a worthy winner this year. And if I had a vote, that probably would have been my vote. But at the same time, like, if you want to make a case for Christian McCaffrey or, or Josh Allen on a year like this one, I'm more than open to that idea. And so I think generally speaking, this was the year for, you know, more of a split vote than the 49 out of 50 that we ended up seeing with Lamar. And then, of course, um, a couple of the other ones that really were, um, it seemed like there was a lot of Cleveland heavy with uh, with three of these awards. I mean, obviously the uh, Joe Flacco comeback player of the year when he even publicly stated, he, what did I come back from? Uh, but then, of course, Kevin Stefanski, uh, coach of the year. And um, yeah. and then Miles Garrett over uh, T.J. Watt for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, it was very Cleveland heavy. And then you had you know Jim Schwartz as assistant coach um, over Mike McDonald, which I thought was an interesting one as well. Um, you know, I, and I've seen some arguments. That, Look, how can you say Stefanski is coach of the year when he's got comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, and assistant coach of the year alongside him? Which I think is an interesting way to sort of look at it there. And you know, when it comes to coach of the year, I think. The job that the Mechel Ryans did down in Houston, certainly notable to get a team that many thought was probably going to be not just in the outside looking in coming, you know, when it came to the playoffs, but probably with a, you know, a losing record to get that team to a division title and win a playoff game, I thought was a masterful job. And it was extremely Cleveland heavy. I know that there's been a lot of discussion about TJ Watt and sort of the balance between film and production and things like that on, Garrett's side versus the pure numbers from Watt's side and what he was able to do and, you know, the different ways that Watt impacts the game, both as a pass rusher and sometimes what he does dropping him to coverage with interceptions and taking away throws and getting to throwing lanes. And so it was very Cleveland heavy, which I was surprised by. I mean, honestly, you mentioned the Flacco comeback player of the year. I thought that was a, a bit of a head scratcher to say the least. I mean, he came back from the couch, you know, and I, I've seen talking 
you know, recent days since then that maybe we sort of need to refocus what we think comeback player of the year really means because DeMar Hamlin came back from something that we haven't seen somebody come back from before. And yes, he didn't post huge numbers and stats, but there's more to it than just the numbers and stats when you talk about coming back from what he came back from. And even more curiously, yes, this is going to be a Buffalo person trying to give Miami credit here. So let's make sure we put that on the record, everyone. I was surprised like Tua didn't get more uh, more of a vote uh, because he came back from something where it was possibly like, hey, your career might be in danger from your concussion symptoms and your concussion history. And he didn't get a lot of consideration there. Flacco and Baker Mayfield uh, getting more of the uh, more of the voting. It seems like, yeah, you might be right in the fact that we need to step back and possibly even separate what comeback player of the year means. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. They, I actually saw this, what I was reminded of Philip Rivers, one comeback player of the year, year after he played the entire season, just played bad. And I mean, is, is that what we're going to turn this award into? I don't know. I, it seemed like, you know, there was a move towards coming back from severe injuries and things like that. But with the voting this year, it seems like the voters got away from it. It almost feels like, there was a bit of recency bias in a lot of the votes that were turned in, you know, with Lamar winning 49 out of 50 in the MVP vote, you know, you see the two late games that we talked about, obviously Flacco's late season run Mayfield getting that team into the playoffs. It seems like a lot of the recent events seem to factor heavily, almost ignoring that Tua Damar came back from serious injury situations and health situations just to get back to the season it seemed like voters were more leading into what had just happened rather than what had happened over the course of the entire year. Mark, of course, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have you on here without asking the silly questions. Uh, so I hope you're ready now um, as, as we turn our focus to the more lighthearted side, because why else do I get paid to talk about things if I'm not goofing around? Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So Super Bowl party. I'm starting to look at these uh, these bad food ideas and lists again because that's what I do. I try to make fun of them every time I'm doing this show. Um, what's the weirdest dish you've ever seen at a Super Bowl party or the biggest try-hard dish, I should say? I mean, I'm always amazed when people try to make their little cheese and meat plates look like <laughs> a stadium. Like, I, we don't need architectural design on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, just spread it out on a plate, spread it on a platter. Like, I don't need Allegiant Stadium in cheese cube form. And plus, like, <laughs> then you're under you're a little bit of stress, right? You walk over to the table, and it's like, well, I guess i got to take from the top. But there's always that thought in the back of your mind. Like, I want to take from the bottom and get this whole thing to collapse because we really are using too much time here to construct a stadium out of cheese cubes. Like, like just, just put the cheese, put the meat, the charcuterie, flat out on a platter. I don't need a stadium. There we go. I love it. I love it. Bringing the heat there uh, for anyone that's making food. Don't build it into a stadium. Just let the cheese yeah, and the I mean, meat exist. Will come. That was for Field of Dreams. That's not for my cheese cubes. Okay? <laughs> Mark, of course, um, I can't have you leave without uh, some form of prediction. It may break our hearts here, but you know what? We got to do the dirty work. Yeah, and, you know, I hate to do it. Um, but I picked Buffalo in the division around. I picked Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. I, I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes again. I just can't do it. Um, so I'm going Chiefs 27, Niners 24. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. Um, 
would it surprise me if San Francisco ends up winning? No, absolutely not. I think this could be a very good Super Bowl, and it'll continue with the trend of good Super Bowls you've had these past two years. You know, Cincy and the Rams was a great game. Last year's game was a good game. I think we're going to get another close one as well. But I do think that for us who are fans of other AFC teams, it's going to be a rather restless night tonight because it does seem like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're going to get their third and they're going to be in for a – a very long offseason. The other thing to keep in mind is, and this is my most rock-solid prediction of all, we're in for, I think, seven long months of Brock Purdy discourse. Like, no matter what happens in this game, it's going to be a very long offseason of Brock Purdy discourse. That I know for sure. Mark, hey, I'm going to look at it in a positive spin. You're now using your jinxing powers for good. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, for those that want to read between the lines there, I'm using the jinxing power for good. There we go. You got to at least try. Yeah, that's all I could do. On one side, you're trying to jinx it. On the other side, you're just looking credible. You know, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for me. and Those are rare in this business, a win-win situation. So when you get the opportunity to have one, you take full advantage. Mark, thank you, as always, for taking the time to join us, no matter the day, and especially on a Super Bowl Sunday, as we have done plenty in the past. Thanks so much, my friends. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the puppy bowl. Enjoy what's going to be a full-on global experiment. Wait, wait. Kyle's got something. I have one more thing. It falls under the umbrella of obscurity. (laughs) um, It's been a couple years since I've been on my letter, Kenny Grind. I heard mixed reviews of season 10. There we go. Are you prepared to pitch me to get back on the grind? Where did you fall on season 10 if you watched it? I'm halfway through it. It's okay. been okay. I will say, I think some of what's taken away from Letter Kenny and enjoying it is how good Shorzy has been. Yes. Because Shorzy season one was great. Shorzy season two was some of the best television I've watched. It was absolutely incredible. And then to come into Letter Kenny season 10, it's still funny. It's still quirky. It's still got its moments. But to go from Shorzy season two to this final Letter Kenny season, I haven't finished it. But it does feel like a bit of a letdown, and I think that more has to do with the fact that Shorzy Season 2 and Season 1, really, were both fantastic. And even how Letterkenny started out, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, Letterkenny came out of the gate with just, you know, heater heat. after heater. It was tremendous. And so it's hard to sustain that over 10 seasons. And it's still good. It's still good. You know, the characters are great. You know, some of the one-liners are fantastic. Some of the moments are just incredible. But yeah, it's it, it compared to some of the early Letterkenny seasons as well as Shorzy season one and two, it's not the same. Well, you know, hey, at least they know to walk away though. Like they made that decision but that's on their just own. It. They could have been going fourteen, fifteen, sixteen seasons. They know. Look, you know, it is what it is. It's all good things have to come to an end. But it, it's still, you know, the episodes that I've watched, like I said, I've been finishing. They're still good. It's just going up against some of what they've done before and some of the other work. It's hard to compare them now. Appreciate you answering my hard-hitting question. There we go. Hey, that's what what Mark Schofield does, and that's what we appreciate about you. (laughs) I appreciate you as well. (laughs) Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us here on the West Hill Hotline on a Super Bowl Sunday, as is the tradition unlike any other. Mark, enjoy yourself, man. Thanks so much, my friends. Enjoy the game tonight. You as well, man. That's Mark Schofield. You know where to find him on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. And, uh, of course, you'll be able to hear plenty of this conversation um, as we post it back online. If if you've missed any of it, you'll be able to hear that on our website at WGR550.com. All right. So, 
we got ourselves a uh, a game. Like you know how Pierre Dorian said, "We're a team." We're a team. Yeah, th- this is a game. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game, and we're gonna have to kind of um, start turning our attention to that. First of all, though, um, we do make sure that um, Booty Cheek of the Week still does its normal thing. Just because I had one hour yesterday doesn't mean that the segment goes away. Okay. And uh, but then after that, uh, I do want to dig into the NFL awards and the um, ridiculous voting. We touched on it with Mark. I kind of want to go a little more in depth about just how weird the group think was, and oddly pro Browns voting it was for a lot of it as well. Sure. So we'll talk more about that. Booty cheek of the week. That's coming up next here. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. We're here with you for another couple hours on WGR. I'm going to love this transition. This is going to be great. Welcome back. Sports Talk Sports Talk Sunday. Sorry, I almost said Saturday. But 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 now we might have a new nomination for uh for this segment. Because the wrong music got put on. Am I going to get fired from this show? No, you might get you might get the sword turned on you here though in this in this booty cheek of the week uh segment. So let's stay tuned here for that. But anyway, this is the booty cheek of the week. Just because it's Sports Talk Sunday doesn't mean that we can't not do it. And I was thinking about this being about the NFL awards earlier in the week, but you know, you adapt to times, they change. And sometimes things just happen. <laughs> Kyle's, Senators. Kyle's amped up now. Uh, so we Kyle didn't see this yesterday. No. But I'm going I'm going to make sure of this here. Uh at Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He um you got a little carried away, I think, with uh, with that NHL, like, hockey culture justice. Um, Ridley Gregg? That's his yep. name? Ridley Gregg of the Ottawa Senators uh, caps off a 5-3 win with an uh, empty net goal, but he slaps it into the net from, like, between the circles and the crease. You know, like, yeah. Do you need to do that? No. Is he trying to show him up? Probably not. Maybe it was an emphatic win. I don't know. Maybe it was an emotional win. I don't know. But the big thing is this. Morgan Riley pulled something just deciding, I don't like this. And yeah, there's plenty of times where there's hockey faux pas, like shooting a puck into a net when a goaltender's there after a whistle. After a whistle. Like, you don't do that. But that's a rule that everyone understands. Ridley Gregg scored a goal. To end a hockey game. And Morgan Riley decides to be angry and go cross-check the Senators player um, after he scores the goal. And there's plenty of discourse right now about it of like, oh, did he do the right thing? Um, How do you not expect a a player to come after you after something like that? He scored a hockey goal. It's it's gross. It's something that... The response was gross. The response is gross. The discourse is dumber. I'm sorry, but why would he expect anything after scoring a hockey goal? You know, the thing that you're supposed to do in hockey is put the puck in the net while 
in between the whistles. It's what he did. It's how you measure your career. <laughs> My turn. Anyway, <laughs> you know what's even... Listen, nothing about this... I can defend nothing about this. Um, it's so stupid. I can't. Like, you told me about it during the break. I had not seen the replay. You said, Morgan Riley is your vote. And I said, what in the world? Like, and you told me about it. And it sounded like he was the empty net scorer. So I looked up the video. I was wrong. You told me about what actually happened. And I agree with none of it. Listen, I can't be talked into any of this. And what makes it doubly worse for me, which I guess if it happened in a different building, you could you could slightly talk me into defending your barn. It was in Ottawa. Yeah. It wasn't even in road. Toronto. Let's be real about something. Here. It wasn't Hockey. even in his own building. Oh, you're showing up. Uh, uh, look at it. Look at it. This is my building. This is my net. This is our fans. No, you were on the road and you did this too. That's even worse. I. The thing is this, and there's plenty of people that say it, and he wasn't right. And the people that are going to defend that, here's your problem. Hockey culture has this weird double standard to it, and I don't know which one to follow sometimes. You block a shot, break a bone, finish your shift. Be tough about it. Be be tough. Be manly. Her. Oh no, the guy slapped a puck into my net. I'm sad and angry. I need to beat him up. So there's this tough guy culture, but those same tough guys get I take exception to everything. Am I allowed I don't okay. I can't I because I asked, I'm not gonna end up saying it. But they get their feelings hurt. About the silliest things. And these are the same people. The Venn diagram's a circle. Mike Harrington saying, Riley getting suspended for this, but he was right. It's that that plays utter garbage. No, it's not. It's a goal. It's a goal. If Tomas Hurdle didn't get messed with after scoring between the legs on poor Marty Baran. In a seven-goal win. Yeah, they were a five at that point. Yeah, like, if he's not getting clowned on, then this shouldn't be either. Sheldon Keith, the Leafs head coach, I thought it was appropriate. No, you're saying that because your feelings are hurt. He's got to side with his player, too. That's... He's got to side with his player, but, like, at the same time, we also know how wrong that is. Uh, see Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, after a certain offsides penalty. Listen, this is a... There are many layers to this onion that we just don't have the time in the day to start peeling back. And it's remarkably simple to me. Every time you every, make another point, every tough guy, it's deeper and deeper. Every tough guy is also so sensitive. Stop telling me the standards if you're not going to follow them yourself. Simple as that. I can listen to that. I can agree with that. It's remarkably simple to me. Silver Metal Booty Cheek was Evan for not playing the music right away. All right, we're good here. <laughs> There's our segment. It's brought to you by nothing. I wish it was. Dreams do come true one day. I retweeted the Senators. And the Senators, by the way, loving the troll game on this. Yes. They made uh, they made Ridley Gregg the uh, performer of the game. Nice little sponsored graphic. And the picture of him just clap-bombing the puck into the net, which is, again, your job. He did his job. What a crime. <laughs> what a crime in hockey to to score a goal. Oh, man. 
And frontier justice. What frontier justice? You lost by two instead of one. Be better. Don't put yourself in that position to have that happen. Beat the Ottawa Senators. The one team in the division worse than Buffalo. Clowns. All of them clowns. All right. We'll come back. And speaking of clown wear, uh, the NFL Awards, not a great showing. So we're going to keep mocking things throughout here on this show. And yeah, so from DeMar Hamlin to Josh Allen, the MVP voting, Defensive Player of the Year, everything. I got problems with a lot of it. And um, when you have a committee with Emmanuel Acho on it, well, things are going to go wrong. Sports Talk Sunday, Super Bowl style. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, you're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.